0: I'm Marianne kolbisak mcgee Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm speaking with Andre Krell, who is CEO of digital forensics firm Lifers. Andre will be speaking to me about some of the growing security risks posed by at-home fitness devices. So, Andre, as gyms were closed during the pandemic and the at-home fitness market exploded in the last year, what do you see as some of the top security and privacy risks posed by these Internet connected devices, many that feature video and audio monitoring. And what sorts of fitness devices are most at risk for compromise?
1: Marianne, there are probably three buckets of threats. There are nation-state threat actors that are really trying to get into these devices because these devices are at various places that they would like to be as well in terms of listening and recording. And that's what you saw, for example, with White House. Then you have criminal groups. For them, everything is about a data collection. So when these devices are collecting the data, perhaps medical data, what we call PHI, like a private healthcare information, protected healthcare information, then the data can be stored on a central platform. It's almost like you have a device that actually will, sub- will be subsidized by your insurance provider or somehow that monthly payment will be subsidized by your insurance provider. So it might be enriched with some data that are related to that individual. Uh, And the last one is just for pure fun and exploitation by um, children, teenagers, or some adult professionals who um, do this for fun, literally just prove they can get into the devices. They can listen to the conversations and they can turn the video on and basically make some recording inside of those complexes or houses where those individuals are exercising.
0: So with that said, when it comes to nation state actors that might want to compromise or hack into these systems, what would they be looking for? Is this sort of like a gathering of information about American citizens? Is it a way to get into other systems, you know, organizations, systems? What sort of things are you seeing or do you expect that might happen?
1: There is a country in Asia that's kind of very interested in, for example, about overall health fitness of the United States population, and such statistics could be probably provided from these devices. More often, such IoT devices are planted at various, uh, let's say, military or police force or some classified uh, individual vocations where they also exercise. So many of these locations are trying to limit and stay away from IoT devices because of that reason. Imagine you could have Siltim 6 data Like how, what's the performance of the team just from these IoT devices? Wouldn't be that cool.
0: So are there any examples of actual or potential hacking incidents that have involved healthcare sector entities or other organizations in which these fitness devices were used as a vector or an entry point by patients that are using these fitness devices or even medical devices for that matter that are at home?
1: So medical devices, yes, we've seen various, from a pacemaker to insulin pumps, some of the medical devices have been exploited and that's been demonstrated. So we do need to be careful there because that that threat is real. So medical devices are a big target. Now the fitness devices, I would say it's a kind of new, we haven't seen much yet or or not much have been publicly exposed. That doesn't mean it's not happening. Like anything that's connected to the internet is a target.
0: So with that said, what are some of your concerns and what are some of the steps that organizations need to take or even consumers, for that matter, take to make sure that they don't become a target for any of these sorts of things?
1: What we've seen, most of the organizations deploy what we call out-of-the-band network, meaning a separate network for these IoT type of devices. Such devices should be treated with what we call the zero trust. You should not trust them at all, meaning whatever is collected, whatever is captured, whatever is stored, you should consider at any point of a time that can be actually publicly disclosed and device can be compromised. It's just the nature of the operating systems these devices are running and level of what we call quality assurance process that have been done around truly perform cybersecurity scrutiny of the quality of that operating system and the code that these devices have been ran. Um, and for average consumer is, look, just be cautious what you put in. Like you don't have to put your real name, a real name. You can have a nickname. You don't have to store all your data and you can store data. You can be very selective what you really transmit or what you don't transmit, but try to create a way where you understand it's you and someone else would not understand it's you. It's okay not to be you on internet when it comes to the IoT devices.
0: Now, we've been talking mainly about the at-home fitness sorts of devices, but are there other IoT devices that maybe aren't getting as much attention when it comes to the security that you think needs to be sort of highlighted or spotlighted more by organizations or you know the actual users of these devices?
1: At the end of 2018, Mariah botnets was introduced, and it was a massive, what we call, denial of service type of a tool, meaning they can literally destroy any network with terabytes of data per second being sent to a target. And what's more important is necessarily not a type of a device, but what operating system they're running. Many of them ran stripped version of the operating system called Linux. While Linux is a quite secure system because these devices are not updated and not upgraded by the vendors, they become very vulnerable. And uh, that botnet basically took advantage of these operating systems, so your coffee machine, your fridge, maybe your smart blender, and any of the house devices that has been connected into it, were actually botnetting and, and became a part of this large botnet network and attacking other computers. So what's more prevalent is actually the operating system, what these IoT devices are running, not necessarily type what that actually is. And then the upgrade itself, how quickly that smart TV, that mixer, that blender, that fridge is actually updated and who is updating it?
0: So let's go back to healthcare for a moment. And any top advice that you would offer to healthcare sector CISOs about addressing the security and privacy risks? involving IoT devices, whether it's you know at-home remote monitoring for medical sorts of conditions or other consumer health devices where patients want to share their data, any of those sorts of devices where you think that the healthcare sector CISOs need to be paying more attention, implementing certain best practices or security controls? What's your advice to them?
1: Healthcare is notoriously really hard because you have a variety of vendors that provide these IoT devices, and we do need to connect them into the central network. Many of them have embedded operating systems. And let's say there's something, a pump that's maybe measuring your blood pressure that's automatically connected to another element. And that element is connected now to a wire, to some central station, and constantly reporting on this patient or breeding, right? Like, look, look what happened right now, right? It's like the breeding devices have become, the pumps are important and then they need to be administered via Bluetooth or centrally administered. So the central administration of these devices is something that CISOs need to be very mindful how it's actually done and do they need the central administration? Can that be isolated? If the devices cannot be isolated and they need some level of central administration then creating out-of-the-band network, securing those networks, authentication to those networks and how many of them can you do can you separate them for different type of devices i know it can become a challenging but the ultimate key is isolation and separation as much as possible among different groups and then securing systematically inside of that group of these iot devices and the way they need to be actually clustered and i tell you like most of the hospitals do struggle with this and it's just because it's just not completely feasible to create a level of isolation. So they connected these devices to networks that are available at the hospitals. And these devices are reachable via via IP addresses, what we call IP address, and then um, individuals can, for example, browse them, exploit them, and and get into them. So it is a very challenging in healthcare sector. There is, I would say, lack of a standard and consolidation in IoT devices, as, as it does exist in operating systems. And for every CISO, Start with the asset, start with inventory. What do you really have? And how much connectivity and isolation do you really need for these IoT devices?
0: And finally, what about the makers of these devices? Are there sort of common areas of security weakness or vulnerabilities that you see in these IoT devices that sort of put these devices at risk across the board? Are some devices more apt to be compromised because of you know, certain weaknesses in you know, various controls or in the authentication or whatever the case may be? You know, overall advice that you would give to these makers to make their products more secure.
1: I would say number one is the setting. What you pointed out, Marianne, is perfect. Authentication authorization. Many of these devices have default credentials and they don't force users to even change it. Meaning that if I'm starting with this device and I'm not changing these default credentials, then it's easy just to keep it default credentials. So create easy process for authentication authorization where these users have to pick their own name and their own passwords. Because that's much harder to guess when someone is trying to get into the console of these devices versus, I know it's admin, admin. How is that helpful? That's not very helpful, right? So create an easy process for authentication authorization. Second one, provide very simple path for security updates to these devices. As soon as the vulnerability is discovered in IoT device, provide, for example, subscription, emails, easy path, manuals for customers to actually upgrade that device. And I know a lot of vendors say, well, we do this automatically. But what happens when the user does not check automatic update? Is that forced? And it's not forced. The answer is yes. The option is not forced. The user doesn't have to check. But maybe create a way that these users do get the message in a a screen or somewhere that tells them, look, you do need to upgrade this device. This device is vulnerable. And it's connected to Internet. And, And we as a vendor want to let you know because we care. We want to protect you from being exploited.
0: Thank you, Andre. I've been speaking to Andre Krell. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.